Sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. It's good to have you back, Joel. Joel, I mean, Joel I was back, back last time. Back Wait, last you week. were? <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Well, I don't remember any funny jokes from last time. Yeah, because I was doing what I always do, which yeah. is really scratching, belching. Right, yeah. <laughs> grabbing himself. He's like uh, a stepdad. Yeah. And being <laughs> the glue that holds this podcast together. I thought that was Jordan. <laughs> Jordan was no, the that's glue. True. That's more Jordan. I don't yeah. know. I would say well, I th- I would say structurally that's correct. Yeah. But I would say in terms of uh sports terms, I would say Joel is a glue guy. Yeah, I'm sort of yeah. the bridge between uh between you and Jordan, I think. Okay. Yeah, actually. You know, so, yeah, you're, you're the no. porridge that's just right? The, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's cool. But I'd say if you were in a uh, clubhouse, which that would never happen, but if you were in a clubhouse, you'd be the glue guy in the clubhouse. Yeah, it'd be like the, the backup catcher. Yeah, like, well, we can't trade Joel. He's a real yeah. good glue guy. Yeah, and I'd be the goo gone. He's not. <laughs> I'd be against the glue guy. <laughs> You mean the Google guy? You're like the evil general manager's assistant, right? Who's just construct. like, we're shutting the club down. He's not so bad that you have to trade him, but you know, just just adequate that you keep him around. But oh man, March Madness, you guys! Oh, oh man, how, how mad has March been? So mad, as mad as it's been since I would say 27 BC, which would be when Caesar was. Was assassinated. That was a, well. That was one crazy march. That Everyone was one knows crazy march. Now outdone by March 2018. This is, I believe, the highest uh, number uh, average-wise of seeds since 2000. I think it's 2000. It's like 5.63 is the average seed left wow. remaining. And of the, you see what I'm saying? Like the seeded one through 16. There's okay, four, so it's four, one, through one is good. And one is good. Is bad. So a lot of top people got booted. Got a yeah. top people got booted. Yeah, yeah. Good. including the first ever time that a one seed has been upset by a sixteen. Yeah, seed. I saw pictures of that. They seemed happy. Never happened before, and will never happen again. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, real okay. quick. Just wanted to lay lay down the show. We have three. Wildcats on the show today, representing Whoa. three teams that are in the Sweet 16. Whoa. Oh, okay. Well, we just did a mascot last week. We're doing a number more mascots. Another uh, Better Know Your Mascot. Okay. Get to know your mascot. Wow. We have the Kansas State Wildcat. Okay. We have the Villanova Wildcat. Sure. That's okay. a number one seed that's still in. Yeah. And we have the Kentucky Wildcat. That's a okay. lot of Wildcats. Right. It's a very, very common mascot. So it, it'd be great to have them on. We're going to kind of talk about, I think, their differences between them. What, yeah. what makes them similar? What makes them different? I'm yeah. hoping for... Uh, a real coming together of your different wildcat mascots. Well, you think they sort have, of talk about the things they have in common. You think they'd have more in common than they have like yeah. in, indifferent. Well, we'll let them clear what? the air. I, yeah. I was really avoiding saying. No, that. we're gonna <laughs> let them clear the air about what kind of wildcats Jordan, they are. I guess. Lean into it. We've got a brand. Let's stick with it. We're <laughs> yeah. the place where America's sports voices come. To clear the air. Yeah, do you think Hot Pockets like their brand? No, they're just sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. They wish they could make something besides shitty sandwiches that are smushed together. That go in a, a weirdly aluminum sleeve. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is metal, but it doesn't explode in a microwave. Yeah, where it says, yeah, for microwave use, we're pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and the we worst. have, uh, and this is something that I know I need because I have a fantasy auction coming up. We oh, have yeah. Billy Bob, oh, independent God. fantasy analyst. He is not with CBS. He is not with ESPN. He's he is not with, with Fangraphs or Baseball Prospectus. He does his own thing, and he has his own type of methods, and I'm excited to get some. He's bad at it. No, he's so not. This is, this yeah, is going to be the place to come to get Billy Bob's fantasy advice. Yeah, this is where you go to get yeah. it. He, we're the only podcast he, he never does, gives and I'm good excited. Advice. And he, he doesn't have a website. Terrible. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't even have a website? He handwrites a newsletter that he distributes... Uh, in person. What a oh, waste wow. of paper. So, yeah. So, but I mean, that that really means that Maybe we like, should actually go after someone who has a bit wider reach. Oh, yeah. I don't know, because yeah, we should. He's Maybe very well legit. respected within the industry. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, here, look. I, I won my league two years ago. I came in third last year. I'm very happy with the advice I've gotten from his him. advice. Yeah. Is terrible. The uh, my one and a half wins in our league, both driven largely by Billy. Bob's You're never fantasy. here when he's here. Well, I would like to be. How do you think I feel about Go having a fantasy burritos. baseball team and having to miss it? Go for get burrito your burritos. Wins. And Phil, do we have a stunning conclusion of a two-part wide world of weird sports? Goddamn right, we do. But first, UMBC upset watch update news roundup. UMBC upset watch update news roundup. Brought to you by Roundup Weed Killer. We're gonna kill us weeds, aren't we? Yeah, you get a boss. Yeah, we're gonna kill them. Last oh. weekend, the thing that we've been waiting for our entire lives has happened. Yeah, I'm fulfilled personally, spiritually. Yeah, and now sportsfully, a mm. 16 seed has beat a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. It's all just numbers. I mean, this really at this point. The Yellowstone Caldera blew tomorrow and wiped out life as we know it in North America. I'd have to say, well timed. I, for one, welcome a supercano. <laughs> yeah, Not me. Exactly. I want to live. I don't care about sports. Let me live. When well, that's because your empty life has not been filled like things like waiting for a onesie to be upset. Listen, for Phil. Crowd. Yeah. When UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore Isn't that County. A bank? No. University of Maryland, Baltimore County took right. the court Just on Friday night said it. Right. against Virginia. The 16 seeds all-time record against the ones was 0 and 135. Mm-hmm. The average margin of defeat, 24.7 points. That's a lot of points, Phil. Uh, I know how many points there are. <laughs> <laughs> and and on Friday, number 16 seed UMBC University of Maryland, Baltimore County, who was mm-hmm. 25 and 11 prior to the tourney, beat Virginia, number one seed, number beat one Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> She drinks coffee at midnight. Ah, it's a good song. That's, that's uh, why you want to take her out, though. Yeah. What do you don't you know you don't get acid reflux disease? All that coffee late at night? No, I don't really want to live this life. Kapow! Uh, Virginia was thirty-one and two prior to the tourney, and UMBC beat them seventy-four to fifty-four. And if you're watching Whoa. the game, it was not that close. Wow, <laughs> that's Holy weird. Holy crap! Twenty points they beat them by. Were what? they just really good? Well, a lot of things happened here. Yep. Oh, oh! first of all, here we go. It should be noted, uh, Virginia was the, the top overall seed, okay? Mm-hmm. And it should also be noted that UMBC lost to Albany 83-39 to less than two months ago in a game in which the UMBC Retrievers scored 12 points in the first half. Mm. Well, okay. I mean, that speaks to the stifling Albany defense that people have been writing about all year long. It's been hypothesized that Virginia... Might have overlooked their opponent. <laughs> oh, they what? They might have. They might have taken their opponent for granted here. That Phil. makes sense. Yeah. And their opponent showed up to play. And then by the time they were like, "Oh shoot, we have to play," 
it was too late. Yeah. Oh. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Today. Look at me. I can be center field. This season, Virginia won with dominant defense, but lost with indifferent aloofness. <laughs> the Retrievers had by far their best shooting game of any team against Virginia all season, and they scored the mo- most points than any team scored against Virginia all season. Wow. And the best part of this game was, for me, it was it wasn't the usual, oh, this lower seat is close. Will they beat them? Won't they beat them? You know, edge of your seat type stuff. It was a gradual inevitability. Yeah. The Retrievers were in control of that game from start to finish. Good for them. They were up 17 points with three minutes remaining. Normally, when there's going to be an upset, it's like they're clinging to a, sm- a small lead or like the lower seat of 15 seat is like within two, you know, of a, say a number two seat. This felt like kind of like I said, the whole second half, it kind of felt like, holy shit, this is really going to happen, you guys. Yeah. Dang. Uh, now, since, oh, sorry. Now they've since uh, lost. To nine seed Kansas State. Wait, UMBC lost now? Yeah. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you beat again. the number one, you Played get a again. trophy. Two days later. That <laughs> yeah. sucks. And by the way, they had the Was team- Virginia like, oh, I could have beaten that team? Probably, but they were Ugh. on their way home. That sucks. And they got the A-list broadcasters for that game because, you know, they thought it was going to be a one versus a nine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not a nine versus a 16. But there's still plenty of aftermath to unpack in this historic victory. For instance... The athletic department tweeted, by the way, guys, we have a brand new $85 million event center we opened up last month that still doesn't have a corporate sponsor name. Hey. By the way, uh, call me crazy, but isn't 80 You're crazy. $85 million is not a very expensive stadium. Well, it's an event center, Joel. Well, excuse me, but even Yeah, they need to have centers. fencing practice there on the weekends. I'm not suggesting that it's not state of the art. I'm just suggesting that as far as I know, you got to clear at least 300 mil for a decent arena. Let's Oof. check in with an alumnus. Okay. Angela Scott. She said, quote, I'm so happy that so many people are Googling us. She's a civil rights attorney who lives in Columbia. She says she long ago gave up trying to explain to people what the university is. But the basketball shocking March Madness victory, she now expects more people will know. Quote, I didn't know we had a basketball team, she said. I knew we had a chess team. I was on the Model UN team. Mm. Whoa. Wow. Now now she's just trolling Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not that's true, I feel like she's really just twisting the knife. Uh, now, she was able to give this quote because she was on campus looking for some sweet gear. Right? Nice. She had called three area Target stores, but none of them had the sweet gear, so she had to hit up the campus bookstore. Which, speaking of... The campus is on spring break. Oh. The bookstore employees were hoping for a more chill work environment. The seniors, the managers of the bookstore, yeah, they're out of here. They're on spring break, right? Right. Hey, everyone, we're getting a shipment of 3,000 T-shirts at 4 a.m., and they got to be on shelves by 7 a.m. because, Christ almighty, there's a line outside of our store. <laughs> Wait, they didn't like their own school until this victory? Well, well, yeah. that's bullshit. It's it's like you've never observed people's. Uh, I always, I still have University loyalties. of Michigan shirts. Every time I go back to Ann Arbor, I buy another four or five. They're cheap, and then you just right, throw but, them in the bottom of your drawer. Well, here's the thing: take them out. Every I said sweet gear. Oh, here I'm gonna drop some sports insider knowledge on you. Yeah. Sweet gear usually has to be specific, so it wouldn't just be a generic UMBC shirt. It would have to be a yeah. UMBC basketball shirt. Or UMBC NCAA tournament 2018 shirt. Yeah, you see the gear has to be representative. Like of, they all like say, the UMBC. You can't spell 16 without a number one. 
That's not bad. All right. Yeah, it's it's okay. Anyway, the bookstore is supposed I to be closed. No, hold on. <laughs> I feel like that one is a solid shirt. People would buy that shirt. Look, the bookstore was supposed to be closed this week, and they actually had to call the employees to get them to work. Oh, gosh. Uh, but, yeah, but anyway. And, and in, I'm stoned in an basement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the last seven people have said that, but please, we need you to come in. Uh, in the 24 hours after the victory, the school's bookstore's website sold two times the amount of gear it sold in the entire year. Oh, Apex Marketing Group, a branding consulting firm, estimated the value in advertising of UMBC's sudden national exposure in television, print, and internet impressions to be in the range of $33 million. Phil, does that track? No. This is, <laughs> they, do, they do this weird earned media value score based on how many times you mention an article. What they don't say is that a casual mention is not nearly as strong as something that's just like, buy this shirt. And they rate it the same way. A mention's a mention. Still $33 million? No, it's not, though. (laughs) I would just hope for $33 million, maybe the students can get some tuition relief. Fuck that! New buildings! New buildings! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The Retrievers Athletic Department Twitter account had about 5,000 followers at lunchtime on Friday. Yeah. I'm guessing it was more after the game. They now have (laughs) 110,000. Wow! See, now that's worth something because that's yeah. remarketing potential right there. So I was going to ask you next: is that is that pretty good? Like in terms 110, of one hundred ten thousand is a good solid. You could start doing some pretty good, brands. and that's a good. Yeah. I mean, a good going from five thousand to over a hundred thousand in less than just six to put hours. it in perspective. I have five thousand Twitter followers. <laughs> oh wow! And yeah. you don't even have a basketball team, not yet. Hey, hey, time to oh. go shopping, Phil University. Yeah. Oh, and also there were memes, Phil. Because uh-huh. the team was the Retrievers, a yeah. lot of people posted photos of their Retrievers right. watching oh, it. And because they won, I'm sure that it said, they truly are golden Retrievers. You know, Phil, you're going to kill yourself because I thought of that joke earlier. Yep. Was trying to shoehorn it in and didn't find an opportunity. I just did, though. Yeah. No, I just I wanted to point out that you made a joke that I was going to make. Before, but you didn't. <laughs> how did? How does that make you, you feel? You could have, but you didn't. Before we start counting the hypothetical money, okay. there need to be some filings with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Sure. Retrievers, up until Saturday, was not trademarked by the school. Oh, dear. Oops. Neither was Retriever Nation. So you could get stuck with the, like the, the long grippy arm thing for disabled people instead of the dog. No, we're gonna pass by that. Okay. So anyway, so Saturday morning they actually had a but they filed a ton of paperwork with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Commission, and they got a they have a backlog now of like Elon Musk battery variations. So it's gonna oh, take yeah. about a year. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, they can slap injunctions on anyone trying to sell unauthorized gear. Boom. Uh, in addition to trademarking the name, they're also trademarking sixteen over one. You can't trademark sixteen over one. It's a fraction. Well. I mean, it's not much of a fraction if the denominator's one. Yeah, it sounds like that 16 is what you're... Yeah, Yeah, but still, you can do, like, four over two is two, but it's still a fraction. Well, as true as that is, when it's over one, though, you just defeat the purpose entirely. One man's historic upset is another man's all-time choke job. And while UMBC's Twitter became famous over the weekend, there's plenty of articles about the funny things their Twitter was doing... Virginia Basketball's Twitter's last two posts are Wilkins for three, and then a shot clock violation. Virginia cuts it 
47 to 34, 850 left in the second half. Uh-oh. And Virginia season ends with a 74-54 loss to UMBC in the NCAA tournament. No posts since. Oh, no hilarious dear. shame, shame, shame gif? Why would they put this is Virginia's basketball Twitter? Because it's the Twitter owners, not the twi- not the team. Well, yeah, they but should be shaming them. No, it's controlled by the like a, a flunky from the athletic department. Oh, in that case, they should do a get ready for next season. Joining us now on the podcast, we have the Villanova Wildcat. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. We also have the Kentucky Wildcat. Hi, <laughs> Haler. And also, uh, and I see you guys didn't give him a mic, but we have a Kansas State Wildcat. <laughs> okay, so like a little, little less talkative there. Um, okay, I, I guess we'll focus on you two. You guys think like give a pretty good command of yeah, English language. Do. I guess if you could tell pretty me, pretty good. Yeah. What? What? I guess if you could tell me, why do you think Wildcats are such a popular team name? Why are they such a popular mascot? Well, gee golly, Jordan, let me go ahead and tell you one thing. He shouldn't be here. What, what are you talking about? He's not an authentic wildcat. You well, think he's wild? He ain't wild. Yeah, I'm wild. wild. Right. I mean, he's I a wild, wild cat. Just me. Hills of Kentucky. Whoa, 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 whoa. Me and my other cats go <laughs> totally wild. If we, When we go out on a Saturday night, we paint this town red. Oh, see, that's Nobody pretty wild. wild when they're cats. wild. We go out and we shoot bottles with shotguns. Well, we go out and we land pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Vill- we're going wild. <laughs> right. And, and, and Villanova's in uh, Philadelphia. So it's Philadelphia. A, I know. I believe Kentucky is in yeah. Lexington. Yeehaw, Lexington. So, Damn. okay. So let's not focus on the differences. What do, would you say would you have most in common with each other? I got nothing in common with this flea-bitten city slicker. Oh, well, I don't know about that. First of all, we're both cats of the feline family. Oh, I hardly think of you as a cat. Yeah, we're both always in heat, and we're hot to trot. Do you I'm know not what hot I mean? to trot yeah. with those city dwellers. Oh, yeah, you are, if you really think about it. We all just like to have a good time. Oh, I'm... I'm dubious. I'm the wildest of the wild cats there is. No, I'm pretty wild, too. Oh, you don't know the first thing about no. wild. One time I got naked at a bar and I sprayed all over a bunch of felines. Well, let me tell you about Ooh. this. On this one occasion, right before Kentucky won their last national championship in basketball, I noticed a red dot on the wall, and it was moving all over the place. And let me tell you something, I chased that sucker all over, up and down, all over the place. Never quite caught it, but I almost got there. If I may interject, that's just a laser pointer. It's a laser pointer against a wall. You can't catch what that. What kind of fancy that? city words are you Don't saying? Don't waste your time chasing a laser pointer. <laughs> that waste red... your time chasing some tail. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Keep it cool back there. Keep it cool. I mean, if you guys allow me it, it seems like uh your uh, brethren from kansas state actually might be the wildest wildcat wow you oh, shut your mouth sir that. no way he's the world wildest no he let me tell you something about how we do things in kentucky okay next thing i do is i rip out oh just a 12 pack of cans of tuna and just a big old bag of catnip and then off we go 
Mix that with bourbon, and you are right there, right there. Uh, I don't know. We have some fun, too. Usually I start with an eight ball of Coke, <laughs> and then I usually see if I can bag three honeys in one night. Well, that does seem pretty wild. That, that, that seems that's illegal, though. A pack though. of Coca-Cola? That don't seem like much. That's not what that means. <laughs> what about you back there? What, why are you so wild? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you said it. Cool. (laughs) All right. I feel like maybe uh, you, Kentucky Wildcat, and K-State Wildcat might have more in common together than Villanova Wildcat. That might be a fair observation, but you know, there is one major difference between me and uh, an old Kansas State Wildcat over there. What's that? Kansas State's in Manhattan, Kansas. Manhattan. I don't like the man because I'm a cat. And I don't like that it's named after a major borough of the largest city in the United oh, States. Oh, so you don't have a problem with the Hatton side? <laughs> that seems a little strange. I <laughs> also have an issue with the Hatton side, but I definitely don't in. like the man. No. Because I, I don't like people. See, whereas like I'm a huge fan of Manhattans, they get you drunk in single order. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, no, you know, honestly, uh, Villanova Wildcat, if you're not doing anything afterwards, uh, I seem like you'd be a pretty fun wingman if you want to kind of go yeah, out. Oh, you, think you don't want to say right. that? Hey, Jordan, how about this? How about you come hang out with me? We can tool around in my pickup truck and, 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 I don't know, take pot shots at dogs. I don't know. I'm, I'm not really dressed for it. I or was do kind you want to hang out with a wildcat who kind of looks like an anthropomorphic human, like a... Joe Cool from the Camel Cigarette ads. Yeah, no, Only that's a little creepily realistic, like a furry that someone made a wish for them to come to life. Yeah, Jordan, do you want to know what mouse like blood th- tastes like when it's still warm? No, no, no. I think I want the Manhattans. I think what about I, bird blood? No, no, I don't. I, <laughs> see, he seems into that. You should. I think you guys should hang out afterwards. He thinks bird blood is better than mouse blood, and I'm the first to say that that's not true, especially because mice are easier to catch. They can't fly, Jordan. I think that true blood is better than both of them because they show a lot of titties in that show. My man. I don't know what this guy is talking about. All right. Kentucky's wild. All right. Thank you very much, Wildcats. Anytime. Yeehaw. Joining us now on the podcast is uh, my personal favorite fantasy analyst, independent fantasy analyst, Billy Bob. Billy Bob, how are you? Hey there, guys. How's it going? Hey, Billy Bob. It's great to have you back. I am so excited. I'm I'm, I'm excited, too. Look, we've had you here multiple times, Billy Bob, and there seems to be an issue we keep having. You know, Phil, I want to talk to you about that. I absolutely agree. Nope. There's one consistent issue. I've heard you say this before. Over and over again. No, here's the thing. Let me just say it. Let the man speak. I can finally put his finger specifically on what has been causing this tension between us. Okay. okay? And that would be a lack of clear communication on your part. Okay. On my part. That I have gotten the sort of feedback, the sort of notes that you need. I give you nothing but notes. Really understand look, what look, you're looking you never for. actually get to the. You don't get to the point. You always go into a fantasy land. No, no, no. He always brings up the players. Gobbledygook over here. Okay. And none of what I specifically need. I still uh, want to know what happens with the girls in the pool. <laughs> I'm just excited. You're stuck in the past, Phil, okay? Can we focus on the now? All right, you go ahead, but I have a feeling that this is not going to be straight 
advice. I think, Phil, if you let... I'm a fantasy baseball player. Yeah. You are not a fantasy baseball or a fantasy football player. You know let what? Me, Fine. Let me take you know the reins real quick. I'm going to bug out, and no, no, no. we'll see how no, this no, no, segment no, no, does. No, no, stick hey. no, I want you to stick around. I'm no, just saying, yeah, let me we take want the leads stick here. around, because also, I would really like Phil to try and, and update the process, okay, and give me some clear... Actionable notes. Fine, I will like give you clear. I'm gonna let you go, and then I'll give you clear, actionable notes about how you fucked this up. No, I mean, feel free to side coach, okay, if you want okay. to. All right, I just uh, I want us to get this right. All right. Okay, so I'll delve close go. you a little bit. Let's, Here let's we go. talk. Let's talk first. Let's talk first round. Okay. Obvious. Well, actually, Jordan, here's the thing. It okay. is sort of first round, but what I want to focus on is how how lineups and how the team a player is on can affect their value. Okay, a lot oh. of high profile free agents. Landing on different teams, a lot of people are wondering, what's this going to do, if anything, yeah. to how much value I can get out of them, right? High-scoring lineup, low-scoring lineup. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Stick, so, stick to baseball. Let's start with J.D. Martinez, okay? Signed with the Boston Red Sox, which is clearly a matter of great significance, all right? The first thing to consider here is that he's joined a strong lineup. Certainly stronger than last year's Detroit lineup, mm-hmm. and that could be more mean more RPI opportunities, more runs scored. You're doing great. Yeah, and it great. is also important to note that it places JD far closer to the orb of knowledge, house that it has been in the temple of uh, oh. knowing. Oh, well, hold on. The great fields of Namdenor. I'm side coaching. You're going off the no, rails. Wait, wait a second, Phil. You, you, okay. JD Martinez could lead the league in RBI. Yeah, yeah but then there's the orb. <laughs> During his stint in Detroit. Okay, back to Detroit. Martinez was forced to cross the infamous bog of eternal suffering before he could reach the orb and combine it with the enchanted amulet You're going, nope, that he was off. given as a child by it's his not that kind of fantasy. to complete the prophecy that portends that a great warrior will one day join the orb of knowledge to the amulet of peace, ushering in a new era of prosperity for all lands of Massachusetts. This isn't even close. Even as he brings to an end his own order of fighting monks. The Brotherhood of the Stag. Where do, who are the fighting process. monks? They're not in baseball. There's no fighting monks in baseball. I mean, also, he could be referencing the Padres. I also don't think notable, that's true. by signing with an AL team, JD will be able to DH the majority of the time, reducing his defensive liability and, more importantly, his injury potential. Ah, that's now, key. What What was your problem there, Mr. Randall? I have a couple. <laughs> there was something about an orb and fighting monks. And uh, some sort of staff of peace. You see how I'm but saying that they these have are nothing to these do. Are no. vague, no. Here's, here's notes. That here's make the specific. Here's the specific thing that I here's what specific. As soon as you stop talking about baseball players or baseball, then you're off the rails. That Don't whole thing was about speaking. JD Martinez. It wasn't. It wasn't. You were talking about monks. He did. Monks have, have nothing to do with baseball. JD Martinez had a far more colorful backstory than I had remembered. That's bold. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I gave you very directed right. advice. You're just I'm not gonna, listening. I'm going to try and continue here, despite the cryptic and vague instructions wasn't cryptic. that I have given. I'm, from I'm, I'm sorry, cryptic. Billy Bob. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to keep trying to go here. Why don't we go ahead and talk about Shohei Otani? Oh, this is a big yeah, one. That's, yeah, that's fake yeah, already. Yeah, Shohei Itani. No, what Shea, is that? Like Shohei some Itani, mystical. He's been called the Japanese Babe Ruth. Okay. Oh, okay. Because in his so time playing baseball, baseball okay. in Japan, right. he was both an elite starting pitcher and one of the better hitters in the league. This is not something that we have seen in quite some time. Makes for a lot of a lot of fantasy impact here. Okay. Uh, so why don't we just go ahead and uh, talk about him landing with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and what that might mean to his value. Okay. Best way to do that. Hypothetical situation, all right? 
Okay, we can do that. Just okay. make it baseball related. It's a game against AL West rival Texas right. Rangers. Good. Right? That's good. The good Angels start. are trailing by two mm-hmm. with Ohani. Oh, Otani's still in the game as a pitcher, okay? Mm-hmm. But he's also batting for himself. Wow. He's at the plate. Good for him. Two, run, he's two runs down, runners at second and third, okay? And it is then that Bellafrom, the legendary worm of Granthorpe, nope. a terrifying demon no dragon worms. that has long been banished to the spiritual kingdom uh, dungeon of Clan Dog by the uh, magic of Seraphine, the nope. sorceress of God. Not baseball anymore. He You're off the rails. Forth you went off the rails. Centuries of peace provided by Seraphine's powerful spell. Bellafrom finally discovered a weakness that he could exploit to explain, uh, escape Clan Dog uh, to Clan again Dog? wreak havoc on the shepherds of God. Shohei is vigilant, knowing that with Seraphine trapped in the ice dungeon of King Stanlin, he is the only King one Stalin. who can defend the magical realm he loves so dearly. What's more, the only way to deal with the dreaded Bellafrom is with a combination of ranged and melee attacks, Ugh. making him the only warrior suited for this task. Nothing to do with baseball. He dons the Not helmet of virtue and steps forth nope. to cast the accursed Bellafrom back to the prison from whence he came. Also... L.A. is an American League team, so he can go ahead and D.H., uh, which is better than him playing uh, outfield just like J.D. Martinez. I've got uh, very specific notes. I want to say, first of all, Phil, it was all a hypothetical. I think if you followed along, you could get a lot about what they wanted no, from yeah, that bat. Do you know what hypothetical means, Mr. Hypothetical Rantan? is generally something you could tie back to the point. There was no point to that. It was just a meandering fantasy nonsense. Look, you're mistaking fantasy baseball with fantasy novels again. You want to talk about meandering nonsense? How about the note process that I'm getting from the sports sports? I, I, I apologize. No I apologize. To you, Jordan. I apologize. You were trying Lord of the Rings hard. bullshit, and I hate it. I'm gonna do one more of these. No, because okay, yeah. I know how. Do you want me to do it? No, I, Tell I, me what baseball player it is. I'll do it. I One don't. more piece of analysis. We're going to talk some U Darvish here. Okay. This is huge. U Darvish and is on U the Cubs Darvish now. got the orb of strength and then fought no, the no, dragon. Cut it out. Cut it out. U Darvish is going to. Okay. The only orb we're talking about here is a baseball. All right. Because that's what he's going to be throwing. You've now already talked Chicago about Cubs. multiple orbs. And he Because might, orbs are one of your go-to. He might. you know it. He might be tipping his pitches. He's pitching in a new yeah, park. There's a lot of factors here. You're going to have to pay attention. Yeah, going to be fighting the Gollum of Balrog instead. That's from Lord of the Rings, okay? Not baseball. Try to pay attention to (laughs) Jesus Christ. Now, one of these factors, okay, that's getting written off here by Mr. Ranta is how the Chicago Cubs are notable for their elite infield defense. Are they? All right? Uh, It should help his ERA considerably. Yeah, Hmm. kind of like the insects of Gallimdor. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure that sounds, Phil, that sounds fake. It is. It's no more fake than all this fantasy advice, which is a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of fictional nonsense. What was, what was nonsense about the analysis I just gave you, Darvish, in the elite infield defense of the Chicago Go Cubs? ahead. Keep no, going. No, I, I just gave it to you. That's keep what going. it is. What nope. do you mean keep going? Go right ahead. Well, I guess if you did want me to go a little bit deeper, it would be worth talking about how Addison Russell is much better going to his right than he is to his left. Ah. Okay? So that, that really affects how you're going to pitch people. Like the, and, the right-arm gauntlets of Jill and Gal. Okay, no. Absolutely not. Phil, I don't know. What that, you, that, it sounds that, like you just made up Jill yeah. and Gelf by combining syllables in other popular fantasy names. That's what fine. kind of nonsense is that? Okay. 
We go All right, ahead. I'm not here to talk about Gillendorf we'll or whatever the, it is. We'll let I'm the here listeners to talk decide. We'll let about the, listeners the Black decide. Armada moored just off the shores of Fisite. Okay. Okay? Poses oh. an incredible threat to uh, Darvish's beloved homeworld of Sardoon, where he's discovered uh, the portal there through the hidden lagoon of Quincent. Uh, should the Armada be able to travel beyond the Sea of Death, it could destroy the peaceful fishing village where Darvish was taught his mastery of the magic of the ocean deep and his split-finger fastball. Okay? That's why uh, Darvish must remain the master of deception, returning each night to the rum house where the pirate captains of the Black Armada drink, awaiting their opportunity while he continues to seduce them with a heady combination of his tales of adventure on the high seas and the intoxicating dark rum distilled by the elves of Quincent. It's quite impressive what he does night after night. You know, and I'm sure there's, there's something park-related between Wrigley and, and where they play in Texas. I didn't look it up, but there's got to be something there, too. You know, Phil, I heard it that time. I think I, I What? Yeah, I think I heard it that time. What you you heard been, it? Yeah, I was referring to. Finally, there's armadas in base. There's no armadas in baseball. Yeah, Jordan, I'm interested to see what you have to say about Well, I was going to say, that just didn't seem to track with the boats that are parked in the Lake Michigan Marina. But that was it, really. Oh, no. Uh, that's it's all there. what you had the problem with? Yeah. Did you hear the thing I said about a split-finger fastball? Yeah, no, that's going to yeah. be key this next season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did you hear huge. the thing they said about pirates? Well, no, I was, I was kind of more focused on the boat. You, I didn't you just, realize. You are fixating on the wrong stuff. Get it's really out of the podcast you know studio. I don't want to be in this you podcast. Get out of here. You, you were get just out of here. Really, Bob? You get out. I'm not coming back. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Oh, it's wide world sports. Weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of sports: the ten biggest upsets in March Madness history, part two. Oh, I remember. Yep. Yep. We're now at number five: Virginia Commonwealth over Kansas in 2011. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Kansas started off the year 18 and zero. The Jayhawks had talent everywhere on the court, including five NBA draft picks. During the course of their 32-2 regular season, they played in a conference with five other ranked teams and only lost twice. They beat Texas, a top-10 team, twice and handled teams like Arizona, UCLA, and Memphis with ease. The program had won a national title three years before and looked like a favorite to do so again. Mm. However, VC was not ranked, started the season... 10 and 5, and didn't win the conference tournament, didn't have a single NBA player on the roster because Eric Maynard was gone. I don't even know who yeah, Eric Maynard is. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> Limiting Kansas to 35% shooting from the floor and less than 10% from the three point range. VCU pulled off another great upset to reach the final four. It was Shaka Smart fun, and the Havoc yeah. defense, right? Fun side note if you add Commonwealth to any place name, you immediately get worse at sports. I believe Hence, it. Virginia, good team. Virginia Commonwealth, not good team. Yeah, because yeah. they don't like Commonwealth. They want extraordinary wealth. Number four, Santa Clara over Arizona in 1993. I did not know that there was a Santa Clara. I mean, I knew there was a city of Santa Clara. Oh, sure. I had like a university specific. Well, it was an upset. Uh, what makes this upset shocking is not only how good this Arizona team was, but how mediocre the Santa Clara Broncos were. With Chris Mills, who won the Pac-10 POI, Kali Reeves, Damon Stoudemire, Ed Stokes, Ray O's, and Reggie Geary, the Wildcats had six 
future NBA players playing significant time. Uh, there's probably only like three on, on Santa Santa Clara. Right? Yeah, three, yeah. <laughs> this translated to a great regular season, blah, blah, blah. Santa Clara didn't win the West Coast Conference in the regular season. In fact, uh, to end the regular season, the Broncos were barely over 500 with a 15-11 and 11 record. They lost to teams like San Diego twice, Pepperdine, and Stanford, who finished last in the Pac-10 by 29 points. Yeah, they sucked. The Broncos, however, managed to play stout defense and limit the Wildcats just 25% shooting in the second half, 31 in the game. Adding to the Wildcats' problem, Mills picked up his fourth foul very early and sat for 10 minutes. And when the horn sounded, Nash and the Santa Clara shocked Arizona 64-61. to that's it. No, oh, I'm. I'm. I, that's, that's an impressive all upset. I could offer. There we go. Number three, Duke over UNLV, 1991. What is? How, how can you possibly make a list of the ten greatest upsets of all time and have Duke winning one of them? I don't know. 1991. They let's, might have sucked back then, right? No, they were good then. Let's no, allow the author to try to good. explain themselves. Well, okay, all right. Yeah, let's. Uh, sorry. This Final Four contest was a rematch of the championship obliteration from the season before. In that 1990 final, UNLV beat Duke like a drum. There was never been a more lopsided score. Behind their stars, Larry Johnson, Anderson Hunt, Stacey Ogman, and Greg Anthony, UNLV was the first and only team to score more than 100 points in a championship game. Mm. Beat the hell out of them. That's like actually a pretty, drum. It was like pretty impressive for a college team to score 100 points in 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. They're college kids. Oh, but get this. Moving into the next season, UNLV just got better. Returning all stars, the Rebels were ranked number one to open the season, never lost. Victories came by a ridiculous margin of 29.4 points a game, and they waltzed into the tournament with a record 30 and to nothing. And 14 of those games, they scored more than 100 points, an average 97.7 on the season. Ooh. They were unstoppable Average nature, yeah. Oh, God. Of course, Duke, who is UNLV playing would be the other consideration. But Well, still, it's a lot of points. Yeah. Duke, on the other hand, had lost three of its top four scorers. Uh, while a better team than the year before, the gap only seemed to be wider this time around. After a 30-point loss the year before, it was up to Duke coach Mike Krasinski. Coach to, K. Coach K <laughs> to get his team to believe that uh, it could compete with all the undefeated Rebels who had won 45 straight games at this point. His offense practiced against six and seven defenders to emulate the Rebels, whose long athletic team <laughs> appeared to be in all places at once. He convinced the team the pressure was on UNLV because they have not been in a close game all season. When Rebels couldn't run away from Duke early on, it looked like a bully who finally got punched. The pressure got to UNLV. In the game that featured 25 lead changes and 17 ties, Duke slowed the Rebels' transition game. The Blue Devils had Larry Johnson to 13 points and Stacey Ogman to 6. And Duke got great defense offensive performances from Christian Leitner at 28 points, Bobby Hurley with 12 and 7 assists, and Brian Davis 15 points off the bench. I'm convinced. It's an upset. That's yeah, an upset. 45-game yeah. winning streak. He's made his case. I might have ranked it lower because it is Duke in the Final Four, but, but... The case is made, and I, I totally accept it being yeah. Also, the UNLV threw it for gamblers. Yeah. How did well, you guys not know that? that? They won it last yeah. year. This year, they were on the take. <laughs> it's Vegas, baby. Vegas. Yeah. We're going winning, to Vegas, baby. Winning two years in a row is really just flushing good money down the toilet. Yeah. You've got your ring, guys. Number two, Villanova over Georgetown, 1985. 
1985, the Georgetown Hoyas could be rightly called a dynasty. The defending national championship Hoyas were now a third championship game in four years. Oh, yeah, that was. Are you doing the Voya thing? Is that why you're saying it like that? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Therefore, (laughs) I'm I'm cutting down a little bit. I'm cutting down because this is a long one. Therefore, not only was Georgetown an all time dynasty type of team, but Villanova really wasn't all that good. David versus Goliath isn't a fair characterization. This game was more like Goliath and David's little sister. Well, that was an unfortunate gendered twist on this. Yeah, this but. was written before the Me Too <laughs> also, movement. David's little little sister was killed by the Phoenicians like two weeks prior. It's <laughs> yeah. really, really insensitive. Which would have made beating Goliath even harder if you're <laughs> yeah. dead. Uh, it took the greatest shooting performance in history of the final and the absence of a shot clock for the Wildcats to get it done. Villanova slowed the pace, got good shots, and made an incredible 79% of its field goals. Behind the play of Dwayne McLean, 17 points, and Ed Pickney, 16. 79% from the field? Yeah. How pissed would you be if you're Georgetown? That's why it was an upset for the ages, Joel. Holy crap. I heard of this one, but I had never heard that. Yeah. 80% shooting is freaking ridiculous. Shots going in. Shots going in. I don't think I've ever done better than like 78% shooting. There's a fair number of people who aren't 80% shooting on their dunks. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. Uh, and number one, say it with me, North Carolina State over Houston, 1983. Oh, that's right. Jimmy V. Yeah, North Carolina State had a run-of-the-mill regular season. Playing much of the season unranked, the Wolfpack stumbled into the ACC tournament, losing two of their last three. They finished the season with a hum-ho. They said hum-ho, not ho-hum. That's weird. 17-10 and 10 record. They picked up the steam after winning the ACC tournament, but were seeded sixth. Houston, on the other hand, was frightening. <laughs> With soft-shooting lefty Michael Young, a junior that was in the a team, a lead, led the team in scoring, and senior Larry Michow, who averaged 14 points a game, the uber-athletic Benny Anders. Houston was a solid team with these guys alone. The stage was set. The number one team, uh, the number one ranked team in the nation who hadn't lost for nearly four months had a record of 30 and two against a six seeded Wolfpack who needed overtime in the first round to get by 11th seeded Pepperdine. The result <laughs> in the eyes of everyone outside of Raleigh, North Carolina was not in doubt. You got to smash the kids from, from Malibu, yeah, right? Yeah. They're soft. Yeah. They can't help but be soft. Yeah. Their life is too good. They must lose yeah they're soft as jim valvano ran the floor searching for a hug after the game you could see pure shock in the faces of houston players it was complete and total disbelief with great coaching north carolina state slowed the mighty cougars to a snail's pace and effectively used the hack-a-shack several times i don't know what that is tied it's it's where it's where a player has an enormous hole in their game and that they can't shoot free throws oh so you just foul them repeatedly well, at no the fun. end of, especially at the end of a game and ah. people on the team that's getting fouled complain that it's not fair <laughs> totally ignoring the fact that there's an obvious hole in their game and your uncle just says make your free throws right ah i'm the uncle good <laughs> make uncle. your free throws <laughs> and that brings it into another wide world of weird sports don't forget everybody who's listening to the whole major to make your free throws Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings closure to the sports. 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 Podcast. Before we go, 
We're going to bring back the uh, city uh, wildcat. That's the Villanova wildcat, hey, as well as the right. Kentucky wildcat. Made it back. And see if you guys could give our contact information. We're not guys. We're cats. Okay, well, first off, you want to come down in person, you're going to go over the hills and dales yonder, hang a left, and then come by the big, rusty barbed wire fence. Whoa, 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 keep it cool, Wildcat. We're giving contact information. So you can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports3podcast. While you're there, make sure to send a very saucy photo of yourself so we can check out that bod. I don't know about this fancy city contact information. All right, or you can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. Very sexy platform if I've ever seen one. Only Facebook I need is one with pictures of my friends in it. Or you can find all of our episodes at soundcloud.com slash sports number three podcast. That's soundcloud.com slash sports number three podcast where you can listen to our sexy voices. Hey, SoundCloud is what we call a really big fart. All right, that's gross. <laughs> Thank you, Wildcats. Anytime. Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. Uh, I can't help but notice that there's a large pile of cat shit in the corner of the studio. Yeah, we really should have gotten like a litter box kind of for like the occasion, I would guess. Yeah, I assume they would use the toilet because they were kind of human-like. I can't help but notice <laughs> that every time my clean up the studio comes up on the chore wheel, we wind up with a guest who defecates in the studio. Bye, Joel. Bye, Joel.